Stand by for action. Podcast. I, back I on the think, air. Back on the air. It's been a long time since we've even attempted to give one a number, Neil. Are we around 250 now or this something or somewhere in there? Officially, kind of 248. Okay. Oh, oh, see, I, I, there's a reason I didn't give it a number, dummy. Oh, Neil. Well, it's around it's 240. Like, it's around 248. How's that? All right. Sounds good. No, <laughs> something I, like I, that. I, it was funny. We were on our little Facebook group, right? And somebody put a Parasites thing out there. And you, you like, blurted out how that episode had been deleted. And we never really – I don't know that we ever really specifically talked about it. Well, our guest today might be able to tell us, actually, if we did ever talk about it. Because he'll remember the show was better than we did. Well, I mean, yeah, we, we, we've, we've teased it. We've teased we it. We have but teased anyway. it, yeah. Um, Punktalide977 at Gmail. We haven't been getting really any hate mail, but one of the guys who sent us hate mails has been sending us a bunch of MP3s. We might have to do like a whole episode where we just play all the yeah, all the MP3s. songs, all yeah. the hate mail songs. But uh, Tom, Tom, I, Tom, I have a question though. This is yes. something that it's you guys songs. caught on the in the in the Facebook group. Did someone say that someone was actually making bootleg Punktalide Die merch? Okay, so there was an ad. <laughs> yes, like one of these women, a random new member or whatever. We accidentally approved the post, and it was like white, like punk tie dye sweatshirts, fifty-seven dollars. Which <laughs> fuck me, we were selling them for like thirty-five. Yeah, <laughs> we're stupid. Oh um, shit! Wow, no, I feel, I feel honored though, man. I feel honored. Somebody's bootlegging our shit now. Wow. Oh yes, some great Chinese crap. <laughs> um, yeah, so punk tie seventy-seven at Gmail. Our only official merch, guys, loudpizza.com. Oh, from oh, like from me, I guess. Or from or from Neil? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, and even the stuff Neil gets, he buys it from the bootleg Chinese. <laughs> not, Just not for those prices. <laughs> yeah, join us on the Facebook group for you know pictures of the giant tall people that Richard's standing behind at shows and various other yes goods. So, so Neil, our guest today. It's funny. Our guest today is more of like a, a friend slash fan, right? Yes. We've I've hung out with him twice. Actually, we hung out in Indianapolis to see Sloppy Seconds a few years ago. I don't remember how many years ago. And then we saw him. He came up to our Joy Room birthday bash. Every time I see him, he's got at least one less tooth. So uh, <laughs> holy shit! <laughs> he, he knows he's uh, he was he was busting his own balls about it. But he's actually one of our very first. I mean, I, I gotta say, I, I think he's one of our very first listeners. Um, and we he was on episode number one hundred with us. Yes, he was on the twenty twenty one uh, Christmas show. Yep. Well, because when I told him to sign into Skype last time, he said he was on was February twenty twenty one. I'm like, yeah, that must be tough. <laughs> That's about right. But uh, he was on episode one hundred, and it's funny the project that he was teasing or he was talking about working on a project, and that's what we're here to talk about today. So we are pleased to have with us our pal, Totally Adams, Ricky Adams. How you doing, buddy? I'm uh, doing pretty good. That's good, man. You drink crack of the beer, aren't you? Did you get rid of the nerves? Uh, yeah, it's funny because I listen to you guys all the time and. <laughs> and then being on the show, it's like, oh shit! I'm probably going to be here in this episode. Well, it's I funny, isn't so. it? Because it's funny because before we were, started recording, you were so relaxed. 
Yeah, right. I shouldn't have. I shouldn't have even told him. I shouldn't have even told That's him. That's we true. <laughs> no, you know, no, no. I'm fine. Actually, I cracked open a beer. I, I I went out for the special occasion. I picked up a six pack of some Einstock Icelandic beer. Oh, there Holy you go. Shit. Should be by the end. Yeah, it sounds like yeah, it should be know, strong, right? So when the craft beer boom hit, it was so fun and exciting, but I am so burned out by a lot of it that Beautiful. what started it for me when I turned 21, Guinness Extra Stout was like my first beer. Mm-hmm. And, and Samuel Smith's and Bellhaven and all that. So uh, I went back to the uh, the import section and checking out all the shit that I missed out on. So, so what is this one now? This is some Icelandic stuff? Yeah, well, I'm a I'm a Navy brat, and uh, in '85 I lived in Iceland. Oh wow! And, oh, yeah, so it's kind of like a you know I don't know. It was exciting. It's like you know I've never had an Icelandic beer before. Turns out it tastes like piss water, but still, it's just it's Icelandic. Did you get oh, this? Is this is Arctic Pale Ale, and it has a Viking head on it, so uh, it looks good. At least the can is cool. Did you get <laughs> Did you get to bang Bjork while you were there? Oh, I, mean, <laughs> I think she was. Listen, I, I think she was. Uh, she was still in the what is it? The sugar cubes? Yeah, sugar oh, cubes. Yeah, the yeah. mid eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. I was still, there in eighty five. Still unlistenable. Uh, <laughs> so, so Ricky, so the the project you've been working on, you know, Neil and I just got it in our hot little hands. Yes, sir. The project you've been working on for more than two years now. I don't know, maybe three years. I don't know how long it's been. Is a double LP that chronicles. Your see, like the scene you grew up in, the Cincinnati scene in the '90s, and I got to tell you, I'm very impressed by this thing. I wish somebody would do this for my local scene when I was growing up. Did you? Didn't that, wasn't that what you thought first thing, Neil, or no? Because I'm just like, oh man, I wish I had this with all the bands I used to go see. I had no idea it was going to be a double album. I was amazed when I opened it up, and you know, so it was a double album, and it's got a fucking full was that 16 page booklet or something in there? Yeah, too? yeah, like an eight by eleven. Yeah. yeah. So. So tell us, tell us how this all started, Ricky. Where's, why don't you take us back to the beginning, as they say? All right. Well, it was uh, March of 2020, and we all remember what happened in March. Boo. Uh, no, yeah. I, the, I, choose to, I choose not to remember. <laughs> the great quarantine happened. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And uh, my buddy, uh, JB, the lead singer of the Sarcastics, which uh, I put him as the number one spot because uh, he starts the whole thing. Mm. But uh, he hit me up and said, hey, man, you want to work on a documentary? you know, uh, about our time in the scene. And I'm like, it doesn't look like we're going anywhere, man. That, that sounds fun. So, uh, we created a Facebook group and, uh, it just, it blew up in a couple months. It hit like 2000 people. And, uh, and we realized a couple months into it, we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> Neither do we, <laughs> you, you know, and, uh, I've never made a documentary. <laughs> but uh so jb start getting interviews with people and uh people were sending us their stories and i've been printing them out and putting them in folders and trying to organize all this and uh pretty much i want to say about six months in it was the, the the group was so alive and people were sharing pictures and music and stories and it was just so fun to see and then i got hit up by all the 80s punks like hey what about us because it was a 90s punk doc Sure. And uh, I was like, well, we're only focusing on the 90s. And then I had like, the newer I punks. Re- I don't remember all you old bastards. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another oh, the compilation. Ice. There's another compilation called uh, We Were Living in Cincinnati. And they're working on the second record now. And it covers the 70s all the way up to the second album, I think, goes to 86, maybe mm-hmm. 88. But so I didn't want to touch any of that because this guy's already doing it. Gotcha. And I remember 
when I was a teenager, you know, going to, when I started going to basement shows and it was, it was so exciting. And I was a 15 year old kid and I'm in, in the middle of this world where bands were everywhere. There were so many bands all the time. So, uh, when the documentary thing started falling apart, mostly because I think we were, we were very anxious and we didn't know what we were doing and we're researching legal stuff. And there's, there's just a lot of stuff involved. And, and plus JB lives in Kentucky, like three hours away. So it's like, I don't know how we're going to do this. So one night, uh, I got kind of shit faced and I made a post and I don't make posts very often, but, uh, I made a post and said that, Hey, I'm going to work on the soundtrack. And I said, I want 40 bands on two LPs. And that's what I said. And I tried very hard to make that happen. So well, and it, did, it, it, it did in fact happen, right? Yeah, it did happen. Yeah. Yeah. This is the, the first real thing I've ever done. So it's, uh, it's very exciting. Well, it's, it's very impressive. Now it says volume one. What does that yeah. means? There's going to be a volume two. I assume. <laughs> right? I think my wife didn't, she is, cause I mean, I, I love my wife and she put up with a lot of this. Somebody <laughs> <laughs> who's not currently being <laughs> But I said I wanted to do a volume one because I don't I don't know why, but my brain always thinks of the next thing, and uh, and I always thought that hey, if I can't get all the bands on here, I can maybe do another one. So that's why I did. Well, I'll tell you ah, what. Let's, gotcha. let's let's go ahead and play. So we're gonna let you play two songs. We're gonna play two songs at a time. So this baby's got forty songs on it. So we're gonna. I think Ricky picked out a pretty good taste of. You know, a cross section of what you're going to get, right? So let's tell. Let's go with the first two. What are we going to play first, Ricky? And tell us a little bit about these bands slash songs. Well, uh, I got to do the Sarcastics. Um, the Sarcastics were my best friend's band, and I got to watch them. I mean, they were seventeen year old kids, sixteen, seventeen year old kids, and they're just making it up as they go. And JB was probably and still is, in my opinion, the greatest frontman in Cincinnati because he mm. knows how to work the crowd. He tells jokes. He he's very and he he channels like this, like almost like this Kurt Cobain esque feel. Mm. And the crowd and girls like it was cool because you see girls at the shows. That was always a big thing too because the girls love the sarcastics just as much as the guys. Mm. There's no but, girls uh, at punk shows. Yeah, that's unusual. Uh, they, there were at these shows. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, that, that's cool. But since I was never in a band and I was I never, you know, I, I've always picked up a guitar and I could play basic three chords, which that's pretty much all I needed. But I just, that wasn't my thing. So I always did, I try to do art. So I did flyers and I try to make t-shirts and whatever I can to contribute. But uh, yeah, so Sarcastics was a band that I always try to do stuff for. And Did they, did and, they put anything out officially? Uh, it's unofficial, but, uh, a few years ago, uh, I want to say like 2017, the drummer's girlfriend hit me up and said, Hey, I want to make Jeremy a little record of his old band. Can you help me out with that? I want to do it for his birthday. And I'm like, Hey, in 2000, I think 2003, I said, I wanted to make a real album, but it never happened. I still have all the artwork. So I put it all together and I put the, the, the playlist together and all that. And I sent it to her and we made seven copies. That's it. Was it like, like a lathe cut kind of thing? Uh, yeah. And, and it's, it's crazy because we got it from Germany. And now it's like, I wish I would have done a little bit more research because there's, there's a plant in Columbus huh. <laughs> that's only like two hours away. But so I didn't this, know anything about it, you know? So what, what's, what is this song originally from? 
what the uh, the sarcastic song? Yeah, it's from that album. That the album that we made. Well, was but I mean, like, when did they when did did they, when did they record it? You yeah, know? is it from a demo or something? And what's it from? So it's a collection of everything they've ever done. Okay. So you got like the shittiest recordings, but you know when you're a fan of a band, those shitty recordings are they, you know they they still sound so good to you. Sure. You know so you know and then uh, so there's probably three or four different recording sessions on that one record, and of course I spread it all out so it's it doesn't go in order. So you're they, not sure. Okay. They released they released uh, a CD in like ninety seven ninety eight. And they released an EP in like, I want to say 2001, but that was it. But they had so much other shit that they made. They just never put it out hmm. until we made the record. Did you pick the song or did they pick the song? I did. Okay, <laughs> so, what's, it, what's it called? Oh, no, go ahead. No, well, I, when it came to picking the songs, a lot of bands sent me everything they've ever done. Oh, so, and they said you pick. And yeah, so I had to think of two things. I had to find the song that fits and the song that wasn't like six minutes long. Now saying there was only a couple bands that had songs that were long and I'm like, damn it, this is like four songs. Yeah. You yeah, know? especially when you're doing ten songs aside, yeah. Yeah, so I had to choose wisely, but I told the band this was always my favorite song from them because it's very rock and roll and it has a it has a good feel, good sound, and I love it. And uh what's that one yeah. called? Uh, we're no motivators. We're no motivators. Okay, and what's the next one you're going to play right after that? I would like to do the Essentials, okay. uh, most livable city. And I chose that one because they sent me they they do a cover of WKRP in Cincinnati, yeah. <laughs> and I thought, hey, that would fit for this. But the most livable city, the the song's talking about what was going on at the time with you know back in the the mid '90s, you know, with gay rights and all that. That shit was non-existent then. Sure. You know, so it was a very different world. We, and Cincinnati is extremely conservative. I like to think we're pretty much out of that now, but or maybe not. I don't know. But, um, but yeah. So the the song he talks about like certain issues that were happening, and those issues are still happening. Hmm. You know, so that's the song I chose. And a little a little funny story about it. We had a uh, the lead singer Joel. He moved back to Cincinnati. And we, we organized a show and we got the sarcastics and the essentials to play a show. And uh, I was on my way to the bathroom and I heard this group of people say, I don't know why he chose that song. I would have chose this. And I walked into the bathroom and I'm like, wait a minute. I think he's talking about my record. <laughs> but my record wasn't my record wasn't out yet, but I did put it up for free. So uh, I went I went back to the group and said, hey, are you guys talking about that 90s Cincinnati record? And they're like, yeah. It's like, yeah, I'm the guy that did that. What were you saying about the essentials? And yeah, and I told him why, pretty much what I told you guys, that that song, in my mind, fit. And it's, it's my favorite song from them, but maybe it's because I listened to it 200 times. There you go. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We're not going to listen to it 200 times. We're going to listen to it once. So, <laughs> Neil? So, yep, back to back. Do we're your DJ have, thing. <laughs> first of all, we're going to have the sarcastics with We're No mo- Motivators. And after that, you're going to hear uh, The Essentials with uh, Most Livable City. So, uh, yeah, take it away, guys.
right, you had it there first. We had the sarcastics with We're No Motivators, and followed by The Essentials with Most Livable City, and those were both from um, Ricky's album, Pay No Attention, Cincinnati Punk Rock, the 90s, newly out. Now, what label is that on, Ricky? <laughs> there is no label. Uh, no label. <laughs> no, uh, it's funny because all through high school, I had this little production thing that I made called Too Much Too Late Productions because it's, that was me. I, I spent hours and hours and hours just on a mixtape for a girl, and I never made a copy of it. I just gave it away, you know, and it was just like always little passion projects, you know, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to put too much too late. And then in 2000, I, I always said that if I ever started a band, I wanted my band to be called the end and my album was going to be called the trendsetter. And if you look at the design, it says the end, but then it says the trendsetter with it. And, uh, but I never started a band. So it's just a logo has always been my stamp on things. Hmm. So I guess if I ever make this record again or do the second one, I'll, I guess I might just do the trendsetter records. Hmm. I, I don't know. You might have to look that up and make sure it's like not already taken. It's yeah, like yeah these, I don't it's, know. It's kind of like these band names, right? It's funny because it's like, oh, we had a band that by that name in our city or something. There was a, definitely a couple. Like, and I think the Sarcastics is a good example of that where there's probably like, if you go on Discogs, eventually there's like several variations or probably a bunch of different bands with a similar name. Dude, I'm looking up the Essentials right now on Discogs and there's at, yeah. there's, there's at least 15. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Essentials. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So when you started this thing, you wanted to do 40 bands, you wanted to do 40 songs. How big was the list when you started? Ooh, uh, I want to say I had about 80 bands. Wow. I don't think I could remember 80 bands. Yeah, but having this group, though, and everybody sharing bands, and, and, uh, yeah, yeah. and during this whole process, I kept taking every flyer and putting it into a folder on my computer and I just kept dragging everything because I didn't know what I was going to do yet. I was just doing this for the documentary and I started looking at them and they're like there, for example, there was this band I wanted really bad called speed kills. So I'm like, Oh yeah, speed kills has to be on this list. And then I found out they're from like Indiana. <laughs> ah, they just, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. damn it. So they played, I remember seeing them a bunch, but yeah, they were out of towners. So I had to go through and, and make sure everything was, pretty much Cincinnati or in the outskirts. If you look at the booklet, you'll see I put a map mm-hmm. and then in the in the box. So everything inside that box, those bands are from. Huh. Well, so it's, funny. I try- it's funny because the only band I really knew from Cincinnati was the Slobs, but they would come up here and play. Like, they played Grand Rapids a few times over the... Well, at least a couple times over the years. So it's just kind of... Kind of funny. Yeah, the Slobs... The, the Slobs, and I mean, this, I'm pretty sure this is a lot of people's opinions, but... They they are officially my favorite Cincinnati band. They were kind of they were kind of the definitive Cincinnati band, right? Snotty, yeah. snotty era, Neil. They were they were real good. You like them? And, and rock, they were rock and roll, and yeah. they just and some one nights LP. you get good shows, some nights you get bad. But I mean, I guess it's like that with every band. But one LP and I think three EPs. I have two of the three. Yeah. Yeah. The the only band I knew on there was the Chemo Kids. No, yeah, which they uh, I think they moved so they, to Chicago uh, in two thousand early two thousands. Well, that would make sense. Well, no, I didn't. And know, now I didn't know them. And from now he's that. in the Oxys. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> but I didn't know them from that. I knew them from like, they got coverage in a zine I used to get, um, mm. and uh, so I bought the album, uh, the CD, I should say, and uh, I think I got a forty five of theirs too. 
So, did you yeah. say? Did you say one of them is in the Oxys now, Ricky? Yeah, he's the bass player of the Oxys, Gabe. So, oh, if okay. Gabe, you're listening. What's up, man? So he's in Austin. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. Oxys, great new album, man. What's yeah. it called Neil? Generation Irrelevant. Just Generation came out. Irrelevant. Yeah, it's really. Yeah, it's really, I've been really good. I've been listening to it. It hasn't quite grabbed me as much as the first one, but I'm really digging it. It's good stuff. So yeah, when you guys got me hip to that, and I was listening to, it, and I was listening to it for a while. And I went to Discogs and started, you know, seeing what they had. And I was swiping over, looking at the, uh, you know, the album and all that. And I saw this guy, and I'm like, wait a minute, that guy looks familiar. And his name was Gabe. I'm like, that's oh, fucked up. That's <laughs> and, bringing people together, Neil. Now, what was his name in the Chemo Kids? He had, he had a punk rock name, right? In the Chemo Kids. Oh yeah, uh, Buddy Holocaust. Buddy Holocaust. Ah, that's, <laughs> that's very a, good. That's a pretty good punk name. I gotta Damn say. straight it is. Yeah, it's a good one. That's funny. So you said you, you wanted to do 40, you got your 40. How many did you have to call? How many did you end up getting? How many submissions did you end up getting for your 40 bands? 41. The one band that knows they weren't didn't make it is going to be crying right now. Well, uh, after I, I had this list of 80-something, 80, 80 uh, sure. and then I just start scratching them out. And, I mean, that's why I have to do a volume, too, because I, I had to cut a few bands. But some bands started in like 2001, 2002, you know, and on. Ah. And so it's like, well, if I do another one, it's going to be everyone left from the 90s and then up to, I'm thinking, 2005. Okay. But it's just, it's going to be hard to, I mean, I would love to do one that's happening now because there's, there's so many bands playing now. I mean, there's so many different genres of punk playing now. Mm-hmm. Young bands, wow. new, uh, old bands. I mean, it's, but... That would be, I feel like, a harder project. Yeah, you have to kind of have some parameters, right? Yeah. And, I mean, some people sent me shit, which I feel bad. I do feel bad. Um, But this one, I got this one song. It was like a husband and wife and an acoustic guitar or something Mm. like that. At least that's what I envisioned. And the girl kind of reminded me of Yoko. Hmm. (laughs) Yeah, but I had kind of... But they... They hung out with the punks, you know? So it's like, I have to, like, for this record, I want it to flow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, yeah, I had to, I had to cut a few. Huh. But. Well, I'll tell you what. Count us out on helping you promote the ska. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the ska, vo- ska, the ska volume. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so my original plan for this, uh, as I was making the playlist, I had this idea. There was four ska bands in Cincinnati that I loved. And I wanted to get all four, and I wanted to put one ska band on each side of the record. Sure. And there was a band called Obi-Wan, Lee Harvey Skoswald, oh. Pontius Pilot and the Nail Drivers, and Short <laughs> Middle. All right, Pontius Pilot and the Nail Drivers is a pretty funny name for a band. What was the other one, the last one? Uh, Short Millie. Not, not nearly as funny. <laughs> but yeah, they. Uh, but I couldn't get a hold of anybody, and people, and not everyone's on Facebook. So hunting people down was a bitch. And yeah. I'm not. I'm not a big Facebooker. You know, I like to post and ghost kind of thing. But sure, scroll you know, occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, and every now and then, or once, once I started, I was like, oh shit, I have to get this band on here. How am I going to do it? So I make an announcement. Hey, can someone send me contacts to these people? And so it, you know, the whole group helped out. You know, and it just po- pointed me in the right direction. And yeah, so, how many ska bands did you end up with? Did you get all of them? I decided not to put any because I, <laughs> uh, if I do a volume two, he didn't I want to upset you, Tom. <laughs> I wanted to make sure I had four, so I can put uh, four, uh, yeah, one song on each side. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Four or zero. 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's go ahead and play the next batch of songs. What's the next? What's the next ones, Ricky? Did you organize them in your mind? <laughs> hold on, hold on. All right. So I want to play the restraint, and okay. they played they played everywhere. So I'm I'm pretty sure you guys might have seen them. Huh. But but they were like our our punk punk band. And there was a guy in the band, his name was Punk Rock Don. He's the guy that had the biggest mohawk. He had the coolest record store. And I was always intimidated by him because it's like, oh, wow, it's it's the Punk Rock Don. Yeah. And after working on this project, I mean, I've had, you know, some good conversations with him about the, the good old days, you know, and I told I even told him that. But uh, but yeah, he's in this band. They're called Restraint. And uh, the song is Big Man. And uh, I thought that this song pretty much covered covered their sound did you pick this one i did did you pick all the tracks i mean did you pretty much did you pick there's, all the songs or the there's bands a, just send you like one song there's a band called preparation h <laughs> <laughs> and uh they sent they sent me everything it's like they've done this before they're like here you go here's some artwork so in the booklet they're the only band that supplied the artwork like really professional <laughs> that's funny yeah you know huh. actually there was another one the socials sent me some stuff too but they sent me a, a, a bunch of songs and asked me, you know, said, just go ahead and pick one. Huh. So, but most likely, yeah, I picked everything. Interesting. So you do have a lot of, I mean, obviously this is a long-term project, but the, just listening to all those songs. Holy cow. Dude, I'm telling you. Neil and I get sent stuff all the time. We get like two songs there. We're like, ah, next. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I mean, when I was making the booklet, I was like, th- like the booklet was my, my favorite part. Okay. I I got a good buzz and I said, okay, I'm going to focus on the chemo kids. And I listened to everything from the chemo kids and they sent me a song that was never on anything, which is great. Oh, that's cool. You know, so, but, uh, so I, I tried to live and breathe the chemo kids until I came up with something. And then I go to the next band. And then of course I send them the artwork to say, Hey, is this okay? Um, just like I said, I've never done this before. So I feel like that's the, the proper etiquette. Yeah, so. sure. Yeah, that's good. So okay, so we're gonna listen to the straight big man. What's the next one? That's not a crass cover, by the way, is it? What big man? Yeah, I don't think so. I only own one crass album. Actually, two. I have Penis Envy. Okay, but uh, I don't yeah, know about crass. When it comes to like no. one of the names of the songs, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not that deep in crass. Okay, because yeah, they do have a song called Big Man. So I assume it's not, but I just thought I'd ask. I'm pretty sure it, this is definitely their song. I'm, I'm okay. pretty sure. Gotcha. And uh, and then I want to switch it up a little bit, and I wanted to play the Scrubs after that. The Scrubs. They were like, they were every time the Queers came through. I just remember seeing the Scrubs opening up for them, and it was more of a, uh, pop, and, more of a pop punk thing. Yeah, but they're they're good, and uh, and the guys are still playing. I mean, they're not playing as the Scrubs, but they're they're going to play my record release show hopefully if I can get the dates. Nice. Yeah, that was actually going to be my next question. Are any of these bands that you that you'd play in or on the album? Are any of them still going? Uh, actually, I found out after this project, the Essentials got back together. Hmm. But I mean, it's mostly just for shows. I don't think they're going to record anything new. But I don't know. Who knows? Gotcha. Hmm. Okay. Cool. All right. But there, there are a few bands that are still going. Huh. All right. So this next uh, couple of songs is going to be the first one is Restraint with Big Man. And after that, you're going to hear the Scrubs with I Never Wanted. So uh, take it away, Restraint. (laughs) 
never wanted, I never wanted to be anything, anything at all. I often say the same thing as you But the difference is I really mean it Back full of those decisions to make Decisions imposed by society If I were the caveman I wouldn't have those And I might put say fuck it all And not have to worry Spoke up on the car, took a pen, take a plan And plan the rest of your life, yeah There's really no one who will say of your life, yeah, there's really no one who listen, I don't know what I want to be, but at least I know what I don't want to be, yeah, I just want to have some fun, while I'm still young, while I'm still young. Alright, that was, uh, that was first one you heard there was Restraint with Big Man, and then after that was the Scrubs with I Never Wanted. And again, these are all off of uh, Ricky Adams' new Cincinnati 90s compilation double album, which you should all get. So, Ricky, you know, it's funny. I went to a show last night. I actually went and saw Life of Agony and Sick of It All. And uh, it was a punk show, obviously, for the most part. Where was it? That was a Maybe pyramid? A pyramid scheme, yep. yep. Okay, um, before I get really into it, have you seen? Have you you go to hardcore shows ever, Neil? Uh, I do not. That's not my scene at all, really. Ricky, you what they call hardcore ever, these days, anyway? No. You ever go to hardcore shows, Ricky? Uh, I did back. Probably. I mean, I'm, talking, you know, I'm talking like last couple of years. No, I mean I've seen. I, I've been to some. Uh, I guess it's more metally, but I mean I guess that's the new hardcore. But, uh, it's, a, it's a whole it's a whole different it's a whole different audience vibe i mean i'm not saying i don't like it but I, I don't go to their shows often well this was a mixture because you know sick of it all was playing so there's a lot of 50 year old punk guys there and there was uh the openers were these local hardcore bands and stuff one of them was local but i was just gonna say the way these kids dance i mean you've seen videos right it's like 
it's like you need a warehouse of 100,000 square feet for 100 of them to dance because they're just it looks like Elaine Bennis, like having a stroke, just kicking and like, uh, like it's like the, the best way I can describe it is it looks like they're fighting invi- invisible ninjas. And they're, doing, they're doing cartwheels and stuff. It was just amazing, man. I'm watching these guys going. I if I did that for like three minutes, I'd have a heart attack. Were there any fights? Yeah, there? but I you mean, know what? I, I, no, I, I, no, no. I assume there's contact sometimes when people get pissed. I mean, no, yeah, but I mean, there's always been contact, but there's no circle pits or anything, dude. It's just guys standing there dancing by themselves. It's like I'm kicking the air if anyone gets in my way. You know, that, that's retarded. Sorry, dude. You get to see it. It looks like they're having a stroke or like a seizure <laughs> or something. But you know, I have. I don't remember the name of it, but I bought a VHS tape years ago. It was a hardcore documentary. It was a underground hardcore documentary, and like they had bands like Sick of It All and like Gorilla Biscuits. A lot of the New York hardcore. Yep. I think that's what it was actually. But um, but these kids, you kind of wonder if they just mimic all that old stuff, but they're doing it their way or the way. I don't know, dude. I've never seen. I've been going to. I mean, I'm not. I'm not the world's biggest hardcore guy. Don't get me wrong, but I've been going to shows for years, and I've never seen this before. I, I don't, yeah, I they the they start doing like ninja kicks and stuff. That's yeah, I mean that's new. The cartwheels and stuff. I'm telling you, dude, it's amazing. I mean, I, I remember seeing video from like this band called Harm's Way. I don't know if you're Harm's Way. It's got like the singer who's like a big muscular gorilla. And I just I never see the like kids are just like doing cartwheels off the stage. I don't know. There was I don't know, man. It, it's just weird. You know, I've seen negative approach a bunch of times. I've never seen anything like this. They just try to murder each other in a bit. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, anyway, so what I was going to say was, so, you know, growing up in GR, the Grand Rapids was my scene for the most part. I'm a little older than you are, but, you know, it definitely was all over the place. It was a lot of bars, like, that off and on would have shows and basements, like you are saying, or whatever. What was the scene like there? Was it based around a couple of bars, or was it house shows, or, or what was the what was the kind of vibe when you were involved, I assume, was, like, starting in, you know, early 90s, mid-90s? Uh, well, I mean, my very first uh, local punk rock show was uh, at a. It was a, I saw a band called Pincushion, and I think they're trying to come. Yeah, but that was the first one, and it was in their basement. And all the punks hung out in their backyard, and everybody's drinking, and it was the coolest thing. Uh, so I'd been to a lot of basement shows, been to a lot of punk houses. And then we had a place called Top Cats, which was like a little bar, a little area that let us in. Uh, another one was uh, Sudsy Malone's, which that's the uh, the bar slash laundry mat, which was great. Sudsy Malone's, fucking boy, love that's, it. that's a great name for a band, actually. There you go. And what was funny know, is sounds like one of those Celtic punk bands you love so yeah, much. It does. Yeah, it does. I remember, <laughs> I remember this one time uh, the Squatters. There's certain bands used to play there, and it brought a lot of the squatter punks. Oh yeah, and sir. and they used and this one guy brought a bag of laundry, and he didn't have to pay. And I'm like, well, that's fucked up. But then he didn't do his laundry. He just got in just so he could watch the show. <laughs> I'm like, man, I gotta, I gotta bring a bag of laundry next time. Those people, a lot of those squatter punks smelled so bad. They should just jump right in the, jump right in the machine with their clothes <laughs> on. <laughs> but I definitely remember that scene too. Yeah, late '90s, especially. Boy, there's a ton of them. It seemed like the uh, leftover crack fans. I wonder what they're doing now. Accountants, perhaps. I don't know. Did they still have their trust funds? Uh, <laughs> trust fund babies, love it. I don't know. So okay, so so it was it was houses and bars and that kind of thing. Like was like was South Southgate House there in Northern Kentucky? Was that place you went to or no? Yeah, that was a great place too. That was in my mind. We had a place called Bogarts, 
And oh yeah, no, that's, that's like the big, like, like that's, that's like the most big. Would play. Yeah, but yeah. in the nineties, I remember seeing Blank Seventy Seven and Showcase Showdown there. So that was a time really? where you could see those bands there. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Southgate House was my favorite place because it was a lot smaller, and they had pool tables in the back. And there was a kind of little side story. Uh, JB's uncle was his name's Victor Garcia Riviera, and uh, and he's Cuban. And he was in a band called Johnny Cuba and the Edge. Hmm. And he played Gilman Street. Uh, he, he saw the first wave of punk and started a band because of it. So he is the ultimate reason that I got into punk as hard as I did. Because he was he collected everything. So he was like he, more like your like your parents' age or Yes. And he was just so cool. Well, he was the guy that booked the shows. And my first, like, I guess, big punk show, I saw Squirt Gun and Pansy Division. Okay. And and he booked the show, and we had to help bands, uh, you know, bring the, the bring the stuff in and help them, you know, run it out or whatever. So he kind of put us to work. But hey, <laughs> that was a fun gig. And, was and that, I know, that, uh, that Southgate. That was at Southgate. Yeah. So we're about okay. to Southgate. It's That's just in, in uh, Kentucky, just across the river. Yeah, which uh, so, Neil, if you know where if you know where Cincinnati sits, it's at the very bottom of of Ohio, obviously. And the reason yeah, I right when you cross the bridge, you're there. Yeah, yeah I've, 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 well, you know how I hate to drive across bridges. Yes. And my ex girlfriend, her mother had a place in Owenton, Kentucky, and we had to drive through Cincinnati, so yes. I had to drive over that yep. bridge because I was a designated driver. So I have I walked across that bridge. I have walked across that bridge a couple times because the the Reds actually play right on the other side of the bridge. And yeah, at least two times I've walked that bridge. Hmm. Once, probably not in that good shape. That was a but, gorgeous. Uh, that was a gorgeous drive, except for that bridge. I enjoyed that. Well, thing. it's funny. Those little, those little other Kentucky towns are not the worst place in the world to go out and hang out. But yeah. I never, I, I never. Cincinnati was so big. I really didn't know what to do with it. It was easier to hang out in those kind of. But anyway, the funny thing with that house, it was an old mansion, Neil. It was built by the guy who invented the Tommy Gun or something, right, Ricky? Am I right about that? He invented yeah, some kind of yeah, machine. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was so cool. And you go in, and like right when you go in, you go down the hallway, the main hallway, and that's where the big stage is at, the big room. But then if you go to the left, you can see rockabilly shows playing at the little bar to the left. Yep. And I think well, there was like a big ballroom. There was like a ballroom, right? I mean, it had like yeah, a, like a, it had an auditorium built into it. And, you know, it was a mansion. You know, a big, big ass mansion. Jesus. Yeah, it's a it was a cool place, but something happened. I don't know the details. I know something happened. And I don't know if the guy that ran it died and then the siblings fought over it. So what happened was one of them got to keep the Southgate house, but they had to rename it. And now it's called the Thompson house. And then the other yeah, guy. The Thompson machine gun, you know, Thompson oh, machine gun. Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. Makes yeah, sense. and then the other guy moved it over to a church, like a street away. I haven't been there yet. I'm dying to check it out, though. It looks awesome. Oh, it's great. Um I saw the Reverend Horton Heat there, and it was so fun because he comes out and here's like the stained glass, like you're in a church, and it's just like, oh man, it's like this is perfect. And I mean, it's great. And they have they have shows upstairs, they have shows in the other room. So when they do little festival, like little punk fest, you know, there's bands playing everywhere in this one in this one house. So which town is this in? That's a, uh, that's also in uh, in Newport, Newport, Newport Kentucky. I, I, okay. I could I kept thinking coming to come. Yeah, Newport, Kentucky. That's right. There's a there's a big aquarium down there. It's actually got a little bit of a tourist, little bit of a tourist trap. It's got an aquarium and some stuff down there. 
You know, um, ever since I've been working on this project, I've been I've been talking to a lot of these old school guys and, and just listening to their stories. And one thing I learned about Newport was Newport was I forget the name they called. It, I think they called it Little Vegas because like back in the day, that's where like the whorehouses were at. And that's where ah. like, I, I mean, that's where all, you did all that shit, you know, and but it's, it's cleaned up now, of course. But oh. So, so yeah, you know, they, I, I, I got to tell one funny story about the Thompson house or the Southgate house, as it was called back in those days. A, there's, this place is the least handicap accessible place I've ever seen. You have to go up, <laughs> I mean, at least like 15 stone stairs to get into this place. Hmm. I mean, there's, if you're in a wheelchair, forget about it. But uh, Scott and I went there, you know, as we do. We were down there just screwing around going to see a Reds game or whatever. And back in those days... Like, nobody was paying attention, so we just wandered up around through all the rooms and stuff. It was so bizarre. Nobody ever said anything to us. There was, like, areas where they had, like, like costumes and just all kinds of crazy crap. But the, the day we were there was, like, a live drag show. Hmm. And this oh, yeah. Big, this big African-American gentleman in a wedding dress really seemed, seemed to take a shining to my old friend Scott. <laughs> yes, yes. I, don't believe I was going to say. I don't believe that was reciprocated, but I can't say for that's, sure. That's what I saw when I saw Pansy Division. Because right. I remember, because I mean, I was like a 15 year old kid, and the bass player looked at me and he said, "I wouldn't stand that close if I were you." And he was wearing a dress. I oh, mean, yeah. I love that. I love that band. That band's fun. Um, well, but, I'm uh, sure you heard me talk about him. I just saw him for the first time. You know. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, it's like it's over the top gay, but that's is. what makes it funny because they're doing it. Yeah. And it's uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm big, always no, been a fan of them. I was I was actually shocked how much I enjoyed it when I saw them, but you know. I'm a bear. All right. <laughs> and Scott's even bigger. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, okay. So, what should we do, Neil? Should we play a couple more songs? Uh, we got well, eight I, songs I don't still. know. Well, you you want to – did you finish talking about the scene I don't know. Are we done talking about the scene you grew up in? You want to yeah. keep going? I any any going. other places you want to talk about? Well, you know, I did want to say this, but I'm a, I'm a part of the Green Day boom. And so, I got a lot of flack when I first got into it. Ah, uh, yes. You know, and I'm like, I, I remember, I think it was Spin Magazine, I, I, you know, back in the days where you rip out your, your favorite bands and you put them up on your wall, and yeah, you know, yeah, that, yeah. that was me. I still do that. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, but he I remember... Big, he had a big Pansy Division poster in his wall. <laughs> the Nine Inch Males poster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Hey, you up. Yes. Yeah, they're pretty good. But uh, no, but I remember going into classifieds and it said, it, it said, if you like Green Day, send a dollar to Lookout Records and we'll send you a, a catalog or a poster. And I'm like, okay. And I remember my dad was giving me shit because like, don't put money in the mail. And <laughs> oh, uh, we did that all the time. Every day, <laughs> man. That was constant. And I remember I got this poster and it was called Planet Lookout. And it was, it was like this big orange poster, a full, you just unfold it and it's this big poster and it had every lookout records person on it and they had their own planet and like it was cool so and i turned it over and i was like oh my god what's this and i ordered operation ivy i didn't even know who operation ivy was you know and, and then i'm like hey they're covering a green day song which of mm. course later you know the other way around but i got into pinhead gunpowder and and the can of pork compilation which this project that i made this record that i made is may i molded it after that that was my first record compilation and it was a double record, came with a booklet. I sat in my room for hours just like were looking you, through you, the booklet. Were you buying records at this point or were you getting CDs? Well, yeah, you got to remember that was a time period where records were way cheap. <laughs> it 
It yeah. was cheaper than CDs. Yeah, there you go. You know, and plus, I mean, forty-fives were great because we didn't have YouTube or Spotify. So, like, when you're at a record store, you're like, you know what? This band looks pretty cool. And you look at the label, and you're like, ooh, Earache Records. They they're going to be a hardcore band. Yeah. You know, or if it's Mutant Pop, you're like, okay, this is a pop punk label. Yep. You know, so I started, you know, you spend, what, 2 $3 on a 7-inch, and yep. if it's great, you buy more. That's how we found out about Boris the Sprinkler. Hmm. You know, they put out so much shit. Yeah, they had like 18 7-inches or something. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, so when I, when I got that poster and I started getting in the Lookout, and then after Lookout, I, I discovered this magazine called Maximum Rock and Roll. Yeah. And, oh, yeah. That like that did it for me. I mean, I just I start sending. And you guys make fun of the Diesel Queens. That's like this guilty pleasure of mine because I love that band so much. And I'm pretty sure they wouldn't be able to play these days I with think their I content. Could, I think I could get them, man. They got a new record out. Did you see that? Who the Diesel Queens? Yeah. No, no, um, Diesel Boy. Diesel yeah, Boy's yeah, yeah. The one I'm, thinking of. I I'm pretty sure every time videos go up about the Diesel Queens, someone takes them down. So it's like. It's like this band that I can't find anywhere, and I have their Hooked on Moronics album, and, and it's on leopard print vinyl, you know. And but whatever. But uh, yeah. But when I got into all that stuff, I just I don't know. I didn't listen. It's weird because I got picked on by the old school kids, and they always made fun of me for my Green Day shirts and stuff like that. So I had this like chip on my shoulder for many years where I wouldn't listen to the dead boys and I wouldn't listen to dead Kennedys. I wouldn't listen to black flag. I didn't want to, I didn't care about all of them. I only listened to what was happening at that moment. Hmm. And I was, I was kind of an asshole about it. But then when emo hit, <laughs> I went back and I just, just, just pretty much went back and started listening to all those bands. Now, I mean, I did listen to those bands as time went on, but I didn't like dive deep. I didn't, it's like, I like the dead milkman. I got in the dead milkman way late. You know, because I didn't, I didn't want to listen to him at the time because I didn't like the kids that made fun of me, and they were my kind. So, so I got really big into like Showcase Showdown, and and uh, God, there's some. Blank seventy seven was a really big one for me, but all that snotty punk stuff. I mean, I really liked that stuff. And my four Pogo, friends, Pogo, Pogo revival stuff in the nineties. That was good. You know, there was a comp back in the nineties called "Don't Pogo in the Living Room." <laughs> And it was that. nothing but it was nothing but seventy seven style bands. The Spen Idols were on it. Uh, I'm trying to I can't, I can't the prostitutes. I'm trying to remember all the other bands, but but uh, damn, where was I getting at? I keep getting sidetracked by everything. <laughs> sorry, I, sorry, I asked you about that. Um, all right, well, I guess we should play another two songs, and then we'll come back and maybe talk about record stores and stuff in Cincinnati. So, um, what songs do you want to play next? Of uh, let's see, we got four to go. Yes, we got to start this one off with Dugout. Dugout. Okay, tell us about them. Uh, so when I was working on this project, I'd never heard of them. I, I don't remember seeing their name on flyers or anything. Mm. But when I got a hold of Todd, the, the lead singer, uh, I went to his house and I, I told him I wanted to buy a record because I saw he made a post about it. And I went to his house and I bought a record. He gave me some free shit. Uh, and I listened to that album so much and I loved this one song, uh, Damn, what was the name of it? Uh, we won out. We won out. Yep. And it's just—it's such. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful song, and I love the melody of it. I, I just—it sounds different from everything else on the record. Hmm, okay. And lyrically, I feel like it fits in every era. I mean, it's just a good song. I don't know. Hmm. 
and you can take it as political or you can take it as any way you want it, but it fits. But, okay. And I forget what the other one was. Uh, oh yeah. You got to <laughs> play, uh, you got to play snot boy 77. See, I've heard that name too. I don't know if I ever saw him or not, but that seems kind of familiar. So this yeah. See, I messed, I messed up cause on the record. Oh no, I did put snot boy 77, but originally I just put snot boy. Cause that's how I always, that's what I always called him. But everybody corrected me and said, "No, it's Snot Boy '77." Was there another Snot Boy, well, or was it? Well, I, I'm in, pretty sure there's disc, only one in Discogs. It's just got them listed as Snot Boy, and all our records just say Snot Boy. Huh? So yep. maybe Snot Boy '77 was what they were first, and then eventually, but but they were on VML, right? Uh, the Vindictus Mail, ah, was it Mail? Yep. yeah. So it looks like they had, it looks it looks like they had three well according to this anyway it looks like they had three seven inches and each one is just by Snot Boy there's no Snot Boy seventy seven on here well on VML I made everybody happy and I put seventy seven well I'll tell you what yeah we'll 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 send you a sticker you can put over the seventy seven <laughs> I mean not my mind seventy seven shit we're punctual I die seventy seven at Gmail right so well it's funny because it's funny because all the great band names are taken. That's like if I, I started a band right now, you know, I call I probably call it like Trauma Seventy Seven. I mean, what else are you gonna call it, right? Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you'd always do like you'd always do like eighty two or sixty nine or whatever, but seventy seven is the best. Sixty nine, dude. <laughs> Sorry about that. Microphone fell. That was professional of me. Oh yeah, surprisingly affordable those snot snot boy singles. Yes, sir. That's because people are looking for snot, but it does have in the variation snot boy seventy seven. But Snot Boy seventy. Oh, I see. They were called Snot Boy seventy seven on one compilation and on one split single they did with the Problematics. Hmm. Was Snot All Boy right. Yeah. And the lead singer, his name was Johnny Sex, and he was a fun front man. And he, with a name like that, you have to be man. You can't be. He can't be lame <laughs> if your name is Johnny Sex, right? <laughs> and it's funny because yeah, I just funny. got off the phone with him before I talked to you guys. I'm looking at the songs written by sex, written by sex, written by sex. My <laughs> girl's off birth control. Huh. Yeah, they're they're in, of course another snotty snotty band, but that was the sound that was the sound of the time. That's yep. cool. So what's the, what's the song? Uh, I want to sleep all day. I want to sleep. I can relate to that. And you know what's funny about that song? You're, you're right because when you're a teenager. I mean, the lyrics of that song, I mean, you, you have to put yourself back at being a teenager when you hear the song because it fits. But it's funny you say that now because, yeah, now that I'm older, it's like, yeah, I wish I could sleep all day. Well, at least back in those days, you wanted to sleep all day because you're up all night. Now you get a good night's sleep and you still want to sleep all day. So, <laughs> I, I just right, like DJ. to be able to sleep till 6 is, is, is me because I'm there up at 5. Anyway, all right. Once you go to California, you're going to be so jacked up, you're not even going to know what to do. Yeah, I'm going to be going out twice. Too. I'm going. I got tickets for the advert show, so we can talk about that another time. Um, all right, cool. so uh, we got first on this on this uh, this section. We have uh, dugout first with two G's with we want out, and then we have snot boy slash snot boy seventy seven with uh, I want to sleep all day. So take it away. Back in 
All right, kids. All right, nineties kids. That was uh, dugout first there with "We Want Out" and Snop Boy seventy seven with "I Want to Sleep All Day." Well, well, what I love is it's it's nineties kids stuff, but it's you know it's it, there was a big revival, like a classic punk revival in the nineties. This really taps into that, you know. Well, what was cool about that too is like in the nineties, at least going back and look like reminiscent on it. It's like you had a whole bunch of bands that wanted to be that 77 style band, but then you had the bands that wanted to be the 80s bands. So you had so much to pull from. And the Screechy Weasels and the Queers and yeah, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. But then when the, the big emo boom happened, you know, it's like they trace it back to, I mean, I don't want to say Blink-182 and piss off all the emo kids, but I just remembered there was, there was a bunch of people out there that got into punk, but they didn't really call it punk. It was just emo. Yeah. I'm like, but, you know, and I used to get in fights about it all the time because that's a genre that I tried. And I'm a big My Chemical Romance fan, but I will never call them emo. They're they they're just a rock and roll band, punk rock and roll band. What about Fall Out Boy? The emo? Uh, to me, they are. I can't stand them either. I, well, I'm not a Kevin, My Chemical Romance fan, but my daughter was big into them, so I know a few songs by them. But, um, that one album, uh, Black Parade, is a really fucking good album. I mean, as much as I, I want to hate it, it's a really good album. It's funny, because by the time Emo came along, now, I, I don't know, there's a lot going on in my life. I had little, little kids. Like, my kids started being, my oldest son was born in 99, and I had kids, you know, spread out over eight years or so there. So, it's no question why I missed it, but I, I just, like, don't remember Emo at all. Like, I was checked out. I don't know if I was just only listening to my old stuff or what. I mean, what about you, Neil? I mean, did you? I don't even really acknowledge that it happened. The only time I realized that that scene was happening because I wasn't, I wasn't listening to that that kind of stuff in the nineties at all. Um, sure. But if I would venture into Hot Topic, that's when I knew something different was going on that I didn't even re- you know recognize. What the hell? Just want to get a get a Misfits t shirt or something. These kids, well, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was going in for <laughs> probably for a social D shirt or something like that at the yeah. time. But um not that much has changed. Uh but yeah, I would see these kids wandering in looking kind of gossed out, but it wasn't yeah. that at all. And Lydia would tell me they're scene kids and I was like, I don't know what that means. They all um, look like you could knock them over with a wet noodle, didn't they? Yeah, but they should have been listening to Bauhaus, but they weren't. You know what I mean? They were listening to yeah. other weird ass stuff instead, and and then some might have like little ponies, ba- little pony, My Little Pony backpacks. It was oh, fucking bizarre. I, I couldn't figure out what the fuck was going Get on. Get up with a stick. Get up with a <laughs> stick. I wonder what they're doing now because they're like thirty five now, right? They may, yeah, they must be. Yeah, yeah, or even older. Well, my thing is with uh, with those kids is I wish I mean because like when I got into it I knew I, I of course I knew who the Ramones were and I knew the Dead Boys and I knew all that stuff you know and when people get into punk it's like seeing when you go to a show now I went to see the Subhumans a few months ago and I got to see like these young squatter like kids mm-hmm. and they're and they're wearing all the old shit that the squatter kids were wearing when I was a teenager huh. so. I got excited because it's like, well, they're still carrying the banner for, for that, you know? And, but when the, the emo thing happened, it's like, it stopped. And like, they're, they're not like listening to anything before that. And I'm not saying, I'm not speaking for everybody, but from what I saw, you know, I wanted, I wanted kids to like, Hey, if you really like this, you should check this out, yeah. you know, and kind of, that's you know, my kind of, that's my kind of gatekeeping. <laughs> I have no problem with anybody getting into punk rock through yeah. Green Day or even like Blink-182 even though that's certainly more questionable but if you never go back and sort of 
Yeah, that's one thing about Rancid, you know. It's, I mean, how many people did Rancid convince to listen to The Clash? That was yeah, that same uh, sort of era, right? I'm, I'm one of them. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, Rancid, yeah. Rancid got me into ska, and I loved the oh, specials. Well, I loved well, the whole well, British ska that, movement. I loved all that stuff. And, and you know, I even liked the, all the 90s ska, the American stuff, too. But I go back and listen to it, and it sounds so cheesy to me now. But when I throw on a specials record, it doesn't sound cheesy. Right. It's, it it's, still it's sounds all, just that's that's what timeless. it is, man. Yeah, it, well, it's authentic too. It's authentic, whereas a lot of the that '90s stuff was just completely plastic and kind of shitty. But yeah, I think authentic is is the word. Well, the '90s stuff was basically pop punk with horns, right? And guys that looked a right. fucking mess because the, the the English stuff, the bands looked fucking great too. They had the whole, yeah. you know, they had the whole look and oh, the, yeah. whole, the whole attitude and stuff. Yeah. It was a lot of those '90s bands. They were just fucking guys that were in the school, baggy, the school band. And, yeah, they were in this fucking yeah. school marching band, and then they maybe that's know. maybe that's my gatekeeper instinct kicking in. We don't want like band <laughs> trumpet players in the punk. Yeah, scene. we don't. We don't. Yeah, <laughs> fuck off. Yeah, <laughs> but you know, if there's a there's a, a new ska punk band called Be Like Max, and I've seen the name. Yeah. You know, and, and it's one thing. I mean, I love spot. I love Spotify. I know they're they're fucking everybody, but it's like the, I created this this playlist for myself. That's oh god, like five thousand songs now. But oh, it's like ev- every compilation I've ever made that I can remember, I go through and I try to find them. And if I find them, I throw it in my playlist. But I also like really old. time. I love old country music. I love swing music. I love uh, pretty much there's good shit in every genre. I mean, some mm-hmm. is a little, it's harder to find, but, but sure. I love old fifties rock and roll. I love all that stuff. So I just dump everything in my playlist and then I hit shuffle. So you never know what's going to come on. And I, that's kind of how I love it. But like with, with Spotify, it's like, I'm listening to, I forget who I was listening to, but then all of a sudden, uh, be like Max came on. I'm like, Hey, what is this? And I looked them up and they're a new ska punk band. They don't sound bad. They remind me of like what the suicide machines were, you know, where they were ska, but they weren't like annoying ska. A little more aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And uh, so, yeah, so there's still hope. (laughs) It's just, you got to find it like the old days. Well, I see that the one ska band that I haven't seen that I actually like is doing like a three day tour of the Midwest with suicide machines. And that would be against all authority. And uh, yes, I saw them one time. Detroit already sold out. I just never saw them, and uh, I'm kind of bummed about it. But I just I got too many shows I'm going to. I can't do it. So yeah, they they were a fun band. I saw them in a coffee shop, and it was uh, this tiny little place called the Buzz Coffee Shop in Cincy. And they got on the stage, and in my mind, it's like I had all their seven inches, and I had the, the Destroy What Destroys You album. Sure. And I, I just like, oh my god, I'm gonna fucking see this band, and they just they were so great. And so energetic, and uh, yeah. So I hope that I hope they they do something again because I do like them a lot. They're probably the only band that played punk rock bowling that I hadn't seen that I'm not going to be able to catch this year because I'm kind of picking the rest of them off one by one. What uh, what's what's the scene now, Ricky? What's uh, what are you so so Southgate House is still around in that church. What other what other good venues you got down there now? See, we got um, we we Walmart's got this one still there, right? What is it? Bogarts is still there, right? Yeah, but last time I went to Bogarts, I think it, I saw Social Distortion, and tickets were like $60 or something. And my wife was pregnant with my first son, and they used to, you used to, like, right when you go in, you make a oh, right and you a go long, upstairs. It was a long time ago, then. 
Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I they're just they're not I don't know. I I just don't care for Bogarts. Gotcha. I haven't been to a Bogart show in many years, but, but I mean, we have this main drag that has like this place called uh, uh motor pub. It's M O T R and it's over the Rhine, but it's motor pub. Uh, they got the hub. Ah, oh, shit. Northside yacht club legends. I mean, and they're, I mean, they're not all on this, this. All this is not on the same drag, but, um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of fun places to play and I'm trying I'm trying to go to more shows since this project happened. It's like, well, wait a minute. I want to, I want to be active again, but I also, I, ha- I also have four kids yeah. and my oldest is hitting, he's a teenager and it's, it's just hard. So I take them to shows with me, which is fun. If they, if there's all age of shows, cause mm-hmm. I didn't realize how hard those were. <laughs> yeah. It's a back long in time the day, there were basement shows. Been a long time since we had to worry about such things, right? Yeah, he's like, he's like, I really want to see this band. I'm like, uh, I can't. It's 21 and up. Hmm. But you know, ever since this record, though, I'm I'm pretty sure I'll just go up and talk to whoever and say, hey, I want my son to come in here, put big X's on his hands, whatever you got to do. He'll stay away from the bar. He'll be a roadie. Help him. He carry help carry in your equipment. Yeah, we, we got <laughs> we got Lydia and some of our friends into shows um reggie's uh just by telling the bouncers they were going to stick by us or whatever and they'd let them in even when they were kids like lydia was like 14 or something and uh so sometimes they will let you in as long as they see you with a parent you know with a parent or whatever i uh depends I on the alex, club i guess i snuck alex into a show when she was 16 and she didn't even get x's or anything on her hands because we kind of snuck in the back with the bands and she looked young but you know 21 year olds look pretty young too so but anyway i don't, I don't recommend that <laughs> well, he he. Every time I go to a show, he asks if he can go. He wanted to go see the dwarves, and I'm like, my wife's like, no. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because you know what? For uh, an adolescent kid, seeing dwarves albums, <laughs> ah, yeah, yes. I have to see the dwarves. Ah, yes, the bloody boobies. Bloody boobies. <laughs> Good name for a band. Um, so, so, so you were talking about buying singles and stuff before, um, back in the nineties. So, are any of those record stores that you used to go to? Did any of them manage to survive the CD boom, or did they all close? Uh I mean, there's. We have one store that's been around. I want to say the seventies. They're nice. called Everybody's Records, and they're they're still doing it. Good. And uh, we have another place that opened up. I want to say the late nineties, uh, called Shake It Records. Uh, so I mean, we, I mean now there's record stores everywhere. Yeah, right. We got a place called Hey Suburbia Records, which is really cool. And I'm like, hey man, how'd you come up with that name? He's like, I'm a Screeching Weasel fan. I'm like, fuck <laughs> <Nice>. yeah. <laughs> so and and what's crazy is he has like all the hard to find stuff, but you got to pay for it. <laughs> yeah. Everybody so and he, uh, I just found out he just came back from Japan because he, I guess he picks up a bunch of records when he's over there. Mm-hmm. I believe the record stores over there are supposed to be crazy good. Boy, I see a lot of stuff I want is available in Japan, which blows my mind. <laughs> yeah. Matter of fact, I think at one of those like Snot Boy singles, I just like clicked on it, and they were all foreign. Like there was no none in America. Yeah. It happens. <laughs> so. but, but you but you know what though with with the, the collecting records, I wanted to say this, but uh, I've been obsessed with punk rock since I was fourteen years old. And now I'm 43 years old and I am still obsessed and I love it. It's like collecting baseball cards. It's like I have, I mean, Discogs is the best thing that's ever happened to me and the worst. Yeah, I hear that. Man. 
<laughs> you know, it's like, oh shit. I, cause I've been after, I have my wish list is shit I've been after for years. Shit that I used to own yeah. that I got rid of because, Hey, my car has a CD player, you know? And it's just like, oh, God, why'd I do that? So now I'm hunting this shit down like that against authority, destroy, destroy what destroys you. I mean, you're not going to find that for under 60 bucks, but I mean, eventually I'm just going to pay it. Well, or somebody will reissue it. You know, if there's, I always, I always hate it when I like finally say, Oh, screw it. I'm going to pay the money. And then I see, Oh, next record store day, brand new, you know, 30 bucks. Ugh. See, but it's funny you say that though, because sometimes I don't, I don't know we, we, we had this conversation, right? I'm always the original guy and you know, you don't mind a reissue, but it depends on the reissue. Cause, um, British 90s band called The Sundays. Um, the, yeah. orig- the original albums sound fantastic, and they reissued a couple for Record Store Day ones over the years, and they sound like absolute ass, because they just took the CD, basically, and pressed it badly on the how vinyl. Are these, how are these people still making bad-sounding records? How are we still getting bad-sounding records in 2023? Because it's what... I, it's, I mean, I see if it's like a Black Flag record or something recorded by Spot in somebody's basement in 1981 or something, but I don't what, understand why we're getting bad-sounding records. It's whatever the... Um, it's whatever the original. I mean, it's whatever they were pressing from, right? It's whatever they were using as their. Why would they even do that? I don't know, but that's what they did. Because well, you, this, those Sundays records are long, long, long out of print. So I guess they took whatever medium they could find to try and make a quick dollar or a quick pound or whatever, and uh, and put them out. So and also they pressed them on weird colored vinyl and stuff, and did a shitty job with the sleeve art, and they did they just they just subpar. So. You know, you gotta if you. But if you want the original, it's gonna set you back two hundred bucks. You know. Well, and the good thing about the reissue, even if you rather get the original, a lot of times a reissue will at least push the price down on the original. So. No, so actually, it pushes, yes, actually, it pushes it, it off. Also, <laughs> I was gonna say that that it, it depends because if it's old lookout record shit, you know, I, and, and with me, I mean, I'm kind of like fifty fifty because when it comes to lookout record shit, I have to have the original lookout release. Mm. because that's i used to have so much of it and over the years i just sold it and sold it and yeah and you know and i don't know and now that i want it back it's you know i'm not paying a hundred dollars or i don't even know what it is now for boogada 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 screeching weasel yeah but i know they repressed it but i bought a queers record uh the queers grow up and it was on asian man but he went back in the studio and like redid all of it really no that wasn't grow up ahead it was two albums that he went back and redid. It was uh, Beyond the Valley, and it was uh, it was the two on Hopeless because Hopeless won't really let him get his rights back. I don't think. See, Grow I don't know, to. man, because I, I I was so excited because Grow Up is my favorite Queers I think album. It, I think it. I think they did remaster them for Asian Man or something, but I don't think it was re-recorded or like it might have been remixed or something. It's 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 just diff- it's different. Well, the Screeching, it, it, Weasel, the Screeching Weasel CDs on Asian Man sound different than my old Lookout ones. I mean, they re remixed them or something. So I, it's probably that. But anyway, it doesn't matter. But yes, I I do like collecting the originals. It's fun, but it's kind of like with the. Uh, I have the uh, more trouble than there were sloppy seconds. Then I got that oh, for seven dollars in, in the used bin years yeah, that's ago. A big, big dollar record now. Yeah, and uh, you know, and if they repress it, like if I didn't have it, well, of course I'm going to buy it because you can't find it. But I mean, I don't know. There's certain bands that I, I don't care about the reissue. You know, I don't care. But but there's certain bands that I have to have the original. Yep. Because the booklet has to be, they have to repress the booklet. They have to repress it everything the way the original was. Oh. And not everybody does that. 
you might have a little bit of OCD, my friend. No, he's like I me. He's, 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 he's like me. If, if you want the <laughs> yeah, way it was... Yeah, you might have a little too there, buddy. No, dude. If you want it the way it was originally done, that's the one that you want. And that's a piece of history right there. Well, you know, I guess, I guess it goes back to my, my uh, cheap slash Scottish slash Dutch roots. Because <laughs> I just can live with a nice repress. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I don't like these bad songs. I mean, I've had, unfortunately, over the last... Few years, I've definitely bought a few that are a little on the dull side. But yeah, I mean, do? yeah, I mean, I think it's just a matter of sometimes they just throw something out there because they can get thirty-five bucks for it, right? And they don't really care how it sounds because they figure you might be playing it on a fucking Crossley record player anyway, so it doesn't matter. So it doesn't. Matter, I just right? saw Five Below has an LED record player, Bluetooth record player, Neil, twenty-five dollars. <laughs> oh, that's got to sound great. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it's great for your records. Too. Yeah, it's, it's, hey, I. I got to tell you this, man. I remember, oh God, I think I was 15 and I wanted a record player. So my dad, uh, I want to say this is where we first start looking. We went to the flea market Mm. and my dad found me this record player. It's like this, it was plastic. It was like a plastic suitcase. And then we go home and we plug it up and whatever. And the needle, you know, the needle was working. Everything was working. And the first record I ever played on this record player, I, cause I, I, I bought my uncle used to live with us and he had his record player, but when he moved, he took his record player. Hmm. So I had all these records, but I couldn't listen to them. So the first record I listened to was blasts and it was the fuck shit up seven inch. Oh yes. And yeah. And my dad was like, Oh, I think it's messed up. I'm like, no, this is what it sounds <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so yes, I went through many different record players, but then I bought a Sony back in late nineties and it finally shit on me a couple of years ago. And it was crazy. It's like, uh, I wanted to write a letter to the guy at Sony and say, Hey, this, you should make your record players like this. This lasted forever. Same needle. I never changed the needle or anything. My, my daughter's Ever. using my old Sony. They, they are, they were good. And Scott bought one from Neil. That was very much the same. They were pretty affordable and they sounded pretty good. It was all you could buy in the nineties. Actually, if yeah. you went to Best Buy or yeah, something, they had one turntable. That was it. Yes. I went to Best Buy. That's where I got it. And I said, excuse me, do you have turntables? But they didn't have it on the floor. And the guy went back and got me my record player. And mm-hmm. I was just, cause I guess at that point, record players were pretty much so on the way out. Yeah. You couldn't get just like, if you go in there right now and try and get a CD player, same, same thing. Yeah. <laughs> have to pull it from the back or something. Hey, but talking about that, talking about bad sounding records. So, um, I recently got, uh, uh, some of those misfits bootleg singles, right? Got Halloween and Tara business oh, and, yeah. and bullet and stuff like that. So, I mean, white label, just, the, yeah, just, white label, but they pretty much sound like ass. Did the original sound like ass too, or are these are these probably. bootlegs just terrible? I mean, has anyone heard the originals of those singles? They're I have so expensive, so you've never. Originally, okay. so expensive. Yeah, I okay. see. There's a bootleg going around with all the singles on it on an LP. I should probably just buy that. Mm. And these, there's versions, there's bootleg versions of the of the Twelve Hits from Hell album that never came right. out. It's it's the golden era of Misfits bootlegs again. The second time, so yeah, it's, I, I don't know because I couldn't tell because some of them look like they kind of pressed off center, and uh, it's, just, it's just not. Uh, they're just. I'll not tell you what, Neil. I believe great. that you. I believe that you're cursed. Any misfit album you listen to is going to sound bad because because we had that guy on. Hey, that was a great episode, by the way. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> I've seen that video a hundred times, and I didn't realize who that guy was until you brought that up, and I'm like, oh my god. It's funny. I'm always going to think now. I'm always going to think about when I ever see a band acting like a prima donna, which I may or may not have a story for the next episode, Neil. 
Whenever I see a band acting like a prima donna, I'm always going to be like, who's the Danny Marinarino? Who's going to take care of this situation? (laughs) Who's going to knock his ass out? Who's going to sell the score? He's like the A-team. It's like, out of options? Need help? Maybe you could find (laughs) Danny Marinarino. (laughs) Anyway. Anyway. So, uh, I don't know where I was going to go next. We have have two songs left to play. We do. We do. Uh, let's play those songs, and then we'll come back and say goodbye to our friend Ricky and let him vent anything else that he might have on his spleen. All right, sounds good. So, these, I was like, so the last two songs, so the first band is Spody. What, what do you know about these guys? Uh, Spody, they were uh, like a pop punk band. Ricky hey, fell in the bathtub. Hey, Ricky, did you, did you, did you swallow the microphone, <laughs> mate? Can you hear me? It's, it's yeah, it sounds weird. like you fell in the bathtub. Yeah. All right. What about now? That's better. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, great. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. I got I got my big lot earbuds. <laughs> Maybe you dropped your microphone into your IPA or your Icelandic. Uh, <laughs> yes. Icelandic. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, with Spody, Spody was a band that I saw a lot too, and they were fun. And they, to me, they and I don't. I feel like I heard this somewhere, but uh, whatever. I'm just going to say it. But I, I thought they. I thought they were going to be on lookout. And it was so exciting because they reminded me of like a lookout band. Huh. But, uh, but yeah, but they, I had a shirt. I saw, I got a shirt at the show and their song was called Reggie is a poser. And it had like this really old man on the front with a mohawk and he looked punker than shit. And it was, it's pretty much making fun of the, where were you in 1982 kind of thing. But, and I wore that shirt on the shirt. It said too punk to suck. Who gives a fuck? Wow. And I, I used to wear it to school, and my school every time they saw it, they say turn it inside out. <laughs> but but I still wore it. But uh, yeah, but so Spody, yeah, Spody is another band that I liked a lot. But, What's the song? Uh, Reggie is a poser. Reggie's a poser. Okay, that, that looks like it's off their forty-five called Pop Punk a Go Go from nineteen ninety-seven. There you go. Yes. yes, but they had a they had a forty five with a pin cushion. It was uh, God. What was it called? Something a scene. It welcome, was, welcome you know, to the scene. Welcome to the scene. Yeah, that was great. Uh, and then I had I have a cassette tape that came with like this huge booklet, which was great. But yeah, they were they were a fun band too. Hmm. And uh, the last band uh, I wanted to end the album with this band because I saw them in Pin Cushion's basement and they opened up for uh, Showcase Showdown. Uh, they were called, they're called the twerps and the song is called fuck you. And I feel like that would have been a great way to end the album. Yep. Of course. <laughs> I think every, and it was 40, it was like 45 seconds long, which was perfect. Cause I was like, Oh shit, I'm running out of space. <laughs> so yeah, that, that worked. All right. So let's play those two. So first up is Spody with Reggie as a poser and then the twerps with, uh, the nicely titled fuck you.
Spodie with Reggie as a poser and the twerps with fuck you fuck you so did someone just put a cassette in it sounds like someone was just recording <laughs> no actually I just went into the fridge and grabbed another beer Jesus ah there you go going through that Icelandic you know, the funny, beer the funny thing is Neil I really was gonna ask him you know how complicated it was like people send you mp3s like what a world process do you have to go through I mean it's too late like this is totally out of order but I, I meant at the beginning but I totally forgot about it like because you sent us some files, and they were all different files and stuff. Is that what happened? I mean, it's got to be a nightmare, right? You're just getting all these emails, all these files. Yeah, like- I mean, I had a band that sent. They said, all I have is this cassette tape. Is there any way you can convert it? And years before, I bought my brother-in-law a, a Crosley record player because he listens to a lot of black metal. So so and you can't tell so the difference. It's fine, yeah. it's a yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I bought him this record player, but it has a cassette deck on the side. It has a CD player, which is also a burner. Mm. So what I did is I burned the, the wow. cassette. He mailed, he mailed me the cassette tape. I burned the whole album and then I dumped it on my computer and I just listened to it like crazy. And I said, this is the song that I wanted. And, and uh, yeah, so, and yes, I got many different kinds of files and I had to learn quick. <laughs> 
so, you so know, how, how, did you, how, how did you get your mask? I mean, somebody had to master this for you. Do you send them the tracks, or how do you you send them yeah, a file? My, the so my friend, right? Uh, I have a friend. My friend Natalie, she's like like a like a tech wizard. And I said, hey, if I send you this stuff, could you could you try to clean it up for me? Because some songs had like unnecessary feedback. You know, like at the end of the song, it just, they just let the feedback go for like ten seconds. Uh, I had to cut. You didn't have room with twenty bands on the record. Yeah, so I had to like trim and trim every track, and you know she she cleaned it up for me, and you know so we tried to make it sound the best we possibly could who, uh, without who, who, without messing with it. Who pressed the record for you? Uh, a place called uh, Musical in Columbus. Boo! Oh boy! You didn't use either. Ah. either of our favorite play. No, I'm just kidding. You. <laughs> and you and, the, and did they do jack? They do the jackets and everything too. Yeah, so originally I was going to use Pirates Press because I really, yep. like in the beginning of this project, I had like these big ideas. I was going to do, uh, I was going to do like a red, a red, the red and black splatter and I was going to do all yeah. this. And then I got scared because it's like, well, that costs a lot of money and I'm yep. going to make 500 of them. So I had to think of something I could do to keep it as cheap as possible, and, but make it look cool at the same time. Um, but and then I was going to go to a place called uh, Gotta Groove Records in Cleveland. But yeah, the, yeah, they do a lot of a lot of shit, uh, and they do a lot of cool uh, variants too. But uh, but the the wait time it, it was a little bit longer. And then I have a friend uh, who's in a band. And he said, "Hey, you should check out Musical, and that way you don't have to worry about shipping. You can go pick it up." Hmm. And I'm, oh, I'm like, cool. "Fuck yeah!" So yeah, yeah. especially shipping 500 records is not cheap. Yeah, I was scared about that, but so I took off of work, and my best friend and I uh, drove up to Columbus, got a burger and a beer, picked up the records. The guy gave us a tour of his uh, whole place, and it was out of his house. Oh, his right. house is from, yeah, it's from the 60s. Him and his dad run it, and they've been running it since. Hmm. Yeah, he, he showed us all, like, where we went into the basement where this guy is pressing this one record. It's like, oh, man, and, uh, it was it was so cool seeing the process. Oh. So you you did the jackets, or they did that for you too? They did the jackets. What about your booklet? But, did you print that yourself? Did you go to Kinko's, or did they do those too? No. So That's on my way to work, printer. every single day, <laughs> uh, every single day on my way to work, there's you this, make five copies at work. There's this copy machine. I I thought about it. I thought about it, but I didn't. I didn't want to give myself more work. <laughs> I was trying uh, to find a way. So uh, and one day I'm like I, I looked them up online and I'm like oh my god this is a printing place. I bet I passed it's only like a couple miles from my house. So uh, I called them up and they gave me a quote for 500 booklets and I said, go for it. So now it yeah. was shrink, it was shrink wrap. So what you drop that off at the manufacturer and they stick them in there for you or what? How's that work? No, no. Uh, so I knew it was a bag. Am I wrong? It was bag. It was bag. bag. So I, I've been doing a lot of research and I don't know if I did it the right way, but it, it just seemed like the most cost of, like efficient, but I went to Amazon and I always order poly bags for my own records. Yep. Yeah. And okay. it's $25 for a hundred of them and they're yep. good, durable yeah, poly three, bags. Three so millimeter, whatever. Nice. Thick, yep. I pretty much bought 500 of them. And, and then I had to buy the mailers cause I have to ship this shit out. So I bought uh four, no, I bought a uh, 350, I should have saved mine for you, Ricky. I could have brought them down. I have, hey, I have my, so many. I had, I had one point my, I had a stack, but now I'm kind of throwing a bunch of them out, recycled a bunch of them. Yeah, my friends were hooking me up with theirs. <laughs> so, 
So you get, so, you get the record. It might have a, it might be like turned inside out, and there might be like another address on the inside of it. But it'll be. <laughs> yeah, <fun>. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, w- I wanted to say something about this too. Uh, when I was doing this, doing the record, like I started, I officially started it in November of 2020, and it took. Uh, I want to say about a year, maybe a little under a year to get all the artwork done. I went through a few name changes because I hated the names. I wanted something that would stand out. Mm. Um, And, you know, and then the playlist, the booklet. So that took roughly a year. And then when I was done with it, I sent it to musical and he said, man, this is impressive. He's like, do you have 40 release forms? And I'm like, what? And he says, oh yeah, you need a release form for every one of these bands. Oh, come on. Yeah, so because it's to cover his ass, and it makes sense. So I went. Meanwhile, back. He's, he's making misfits bootlegs in the back room, wondering <laughs> <laughs> after another. Him and everybody but, else. So it, it took me, and if I did my math right, it took me about eight months to get all the release forms. Oh, because, of course it is, because you're dealing with all these punk rock people that are a big problem. That are not on Facebook, you yeah. know. So it's yeah. like some people are like, "Hey, don't tell you or don't tell them where I gave you this email address." You know, and it's like, hey, man, I'm the guy working on the record, blah, blah, blah. Can uh, you sign this so I can, you know, and I had and and when I got to about my 30 second release form, uh, the girl from the Muzzies, uh, Greta, she said, I don't think this is the right release form. And I'm like, what? So I sent the release (laughs) forms that I have. Back, back to musical and he said no man this is the wrong release form and i'm like man you told me oh. to go to the site i guess i picked the wrong one and then when i got the new one all it was was the same fucking thing with an extra line at the bottom for a signature uh why did she yeah care? So, why did she fucking care yeah. like, like anyone was gonna be like playing her song well, illegally it's, it's, it's well funny, i mean man, yeah. because I, 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 I most people at this point probably been like, you know what? Or, well of course this this at that point you're already so deep into it but i mean there had to be several times along the way where you're like you know what screw this i don't need this well i was i'm honestly i'm this is not my music so it like i want to do this as right as possible and pay tribute to all these bands i mean that was my intentions but then at the same time i don't want people to think i'm making all this money off of this you know and it's like you know i that's I know, you're, I know so, you're not making any money because I know how this stuff goes, and I did this stuff, similar stuff when I was younger. Did uh, I mean? Are you going to be able to break even? That's my question to you. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, since the record came out, it's it's pretty much been profit. Okay, that's cool. Cause, well, because the problem is you got to settle these records out. That's four bucks every time you got to send one out. You know, I mean, it's just every, everything adds up. But the way the way I look at it though, like cuz I use Bandcamp, everybody kept telling me to use different things, but I was like, "You know what? Bandcamp makes sense because I buy all Bandcamp." And Bandcamp and Bandcamp best to artists from what I understand, right? Yes, and they do Bandcamp Friday, so I said, "Hey everybody, buy it today and you know, I, I get you know more money back." Yeah. So uh so but Bandcamp takes their cut, uh PayPal takes their cut. Yeah. So it's like at the end of the day, they're, you know, it's like I'm I'm losing money, but at the same time, at, at the end, I'm actually making more money. But. Oh boy, don't don't make too much, or your wife will force you to make that volume. <laughs> <laughs> volume two. Well, so, also that, that I just is, know. Go on, no, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was gonna say uh, I know that when I do volume two, I'm gonna say, hey, if you want to be on this, send me some music, art, lyrics, pictures. Waver, I mean, everything you can. 
and Go sign this release form. Exactly. Yeah, right. Exactly. So yeah, have, do it at the same time. Yep, do it at the same time. Because, I, like I said, I mean, this was – I had to figure all the shit out on my own. And, and it's funny because there's been a few nights where I hit up Josh Goldman of Rat Girlfriend, like, asking him questions. And the, one of the first things he said, do not rely on your pre-order. And I'm like, okay, awesome, man. Thanks. But what did I do? I relied on my pre-order. I didn't know what that meant. You know, and then I, I went ahead and did that. But, I mean, toward the end when the record was coming out, people started buying it more. And I had to hit up all the record stores, and I made these little pre-order now flyers, and they put them up for me. And So there was a lot of work, a lot of work. It sounds like it, man. I, and that's why I, I wanted to, you know, have you come on and talk about this thing. For one thing, I think people will dig it. It's cool. You should order this thing. Where do we where do they get it from? Yeah, where can people pick this up? Uh, I guess you just go to Totally Radom's Bandcamp, and it's the only thing I have right now. There you go. Totally so. Radom's. R-A-D-A-M-S, yep. R-A-D-A-M-S, yes. yes my, my name is Rick Adams, and uh, yep. I figured R. Adams, and then I was born in 1980, so hey, totally. There you go, totally <laughs> Radams. That's cool. <laughs> People should check this out. Neil and I both both got a copy, which is very generous of them. I know, like yep. I said, I know you're not, they're not making money on this thing. We, we understand your plight, dude. We also have never figured out how to make money doing anything, but... We have jobs like yourself, you know. We do it. We hey, do it we you love guys, it. you guys do a great service, and uh, I, you know, I, I've been listening to pod, punk podcasts for a long time, and I ne- nothing really stuck with me. And yes, I did listen to punk news for uh, many years, but I always got I always got excited when you were on because I feel like I guess we clicked better, sure. and I liked your opinion on stuff. I like your humor, you know, I, and I always heard about Neil. <laughs> And then you, uh, I guess on the last time you were on, you mentioned this Punk Till I Die thing, and I went over and checked it out, and I think I was, that was you guys already had like three episodes in. In Australia already. Here we did Australia. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, so and I just, I kept listening, and I remember you guys always like, so how do you want to do this? <laughs> and you guys are just kind of figuring shit out. We on were, the, on yeah, the yeah, we had no idea, we had no idea. Yeah, totally. So it was, and it's funny, it's very, it's inspiring. Know. Well, good, man. You know, honestly, dude, if we can inspire somebody to take on a project, you know, because I, I, I mean, I look back now when I was doing the bands and stuff, and I, I put out CDs and stuff, and I did all this stuff, and I look back at now, and I'm like, how did I do that? I look back now in my backyard, and I go, how did I build that giant deck? You know, and it is, it, but it's, uh, but it's really cool, man. I think this is an awesome project. I think everybody should check this out. You can download it for free, or throw Ricky a few bucks, or you can uh, get the vinyl, which is, like I said, beautiful. Yep. And I. I'm sort of wish somebody would have done this or would do this was with the scene I grew up in because I'm not going to do it. I don't have time and energy for this, but it's it's a really cool project. I can't really think of forty. I don't know if I can think of forty bands that I from yeah. that scene. Even well, though I'm sure there were more than that. it'll be a single album for you, Tom. Just twenty bands. That'll be easy. That'll be nice and easy for you. See, twenty bands, no ska. Yeah. <laughs> that's well, the name, that's the name of the album right there. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted I wanted to discuss the name too because I originally it was called Back in the Day and I'm like man that sounds like one of those like cheesy infomercials yeah it does it does yeah. you know I don't yeah. I wanted something that had like a cool punk rock name and I and I I jumped you know I did a lot of different names and I just like it just didn't sound good and I had a conversation with my buddy JB of the Sarkics and I told him I was like man I just don't like the fucking name. And I said, uh, along the lines, it's like, you know what? We're not New York. We're not California. We're Cincinnati, Ohio. It's like, pay no attention to us. 
and it was it kind of rooted from that. And oh, another yeah. little it's kind of another one was I've always been a, a, obsessed with the Wizard of Oz when I was a kid because mm. I always thought the the Great Oz when he says pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And uh, right when I started thinking about all that, and I was like, yep, that's the name of the album. Pay no attention. And I even looked it up to make sure it hasn't been done. And there's a pay no attention fest, or no, it's pay attention fest, or some shit like that. But there's no pay no attention album, I don't think. Hmm. But because you know, it's really hard to come up with shit that's your own these days. Luckily, there's only one. There's hopefully one pay no attention. So there you go. Check out. Yeah, like I said, you can listen before you buy. Listen to a couple songs. I mean, we listened to. We literally played you about a fifth of the album. So. A fifth of the double album, so yeah, it's true. Yep, we have. And like I said, I, I, it's very impressive. We we have physical copies, and it's very impressive. And uh, yeah, we're real happy to help you uh, get the word out, man. I mean, obviously, I think you've done a pretty good job of saturating Cincinnati, but you know, this podcast allows you to reach the angry loner all over the country sitting in his basement by himself listening to a podcast right now. So it was pretty cool. I sold one in France, uh, uh, the UK, and Ooh, Tokyo, Japan. Shit. Oh, that's cool. uh, I, I lost money because I said, hey, shipping $20, and I should have thrown another 10 on top, yeah. top of that. Ooh. But oh. I, I'm not going to reach out and so you know, I'll just like say, whatever, we, I'll eat it. Sounds like the first time you sold T-shirts, eh, Rich? Or, uh, Neil? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It cost like $30 to ship a T-shirt. To like, ship oh, it to oh, Europe, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was Yeah, and yeah. when I sold to France, uh, and, the, and it's actually, uh, there's a, a band on here that the guy's a tattoo artist in France now, <laughs> and he... Uh, I didn't know this, but I guess when he received the package, he had to pay thirty-eight more dollars because of some weird Inks, yeah. <laughs> exchange. Yep, yep yeah, yep. English. I remember that too. I remember Richard saying that he had to pay yep. like ten more bucks when they once they got there. Yeah. Oh my gosh, forty dollars, fifty dollars t-shirts. Anyway, all right. Well, Ricky, man, I appreciate you coming on and talk to us. It was good to catch up. Like I said, we see each other in the wild occasionally. I'm sure we will again. And uh, man, I wish you wish you the best of luck with this thing. I, I said I wanted to keep it at an hour. It's probably still going to be, you know, well over two hours, but or probably pushing two hours. That's about an hour. No, forty five. About an hour forty five. I would imagine. They're, they're short songs. That's yeah. right. That's right. Hey, like you, an hour one last question: how, how long has this been out? When did you actually uh, start selling these? Uh, well, I got the physical copy. Ooh, I think three Fridays ago. Okay, maybe two or three so, Fridays ago. So, I don't know. So, it, it's it's overwhelming everything that's happening now i mean i i was selling at this punk rock flea market and these girls gave me a hug and said thank you so much because of this record we are now talking to people we haven't talked to in 20 years and i'm like okay thank you you know no problem you know but i've been getting a lot of that and, and actually before uh uh i got on here i there's a place called jungle gems it's like this big international food market and they have the best beer section ever uh, and I met one of the guys there. He bought four records, and he didn't want to pay for shipping. So I was like, "Hey, meet me at Jungle Gyms." And uh, sounds, you know, like talk- my, sounds like a man from my own heart, ain't you? I'm gonna drive out to the Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> but but he was in one of the bands, and it's like I should have known that. But I've been shipping so many. I ship out roughly ten records a day, hmm. and it's. I went to the post office earlier today. You know, and it's just like every time someone orders something, I try to get it out as quick as possible because I know what it feels like to wait and I hate it and I'm very impatient. So um, I try to get the shit out and I'm so happy Neil got his because I was like, yeah, I got I to gotta get this out to Neil quick. Dude, it came today. Perfect timing, right? 
I know. I yeah. followed it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to it, and you know, I'm gonna even try. Maybe I'll even try to give you the old written review, even though it's a lot of songs to digest. I'll do my best. That's good, Tom. Yeah, that'll be It'll great. Probably, be, uh, probably be another month before I get get that done. But that's all right. That's right. It'll probably be another month before anybody hears this podcast anyway, because we have so many <laughs> backed up. up in the can right now. And yeah, we do. We kind of have to put them out as like, uh, you know, some of them are just so timely that if we don't get them out, they, you know, re- lucky for you, Ricky, you're timeless. So, <laughs> there you go, <laughs> so yeah. we, we, get it, we get it out. But anyway, yeah, thanks. Thanks for catching up, man. It's good. And uh, like I said, wish you best of luck with this record. Everybody should go check it out. And uh, I don't know. I think that's it, Ricky. Unless you got something else on your mind, I'm going to. Go down and pee. <laughs> well, I guess there's one thing is when we started this when we started this group, it was supposed to be for a documentary. Ah, and that's what I was gonna say. Is the documentary dead or what? It, it's not. I just it's it's a new thing that I've never messed with before. But I guess I never messed with a record before either. Sure. But to me, making a record was just making a mixtape for a friend. That's what it felt like the whole time. Yeah, a very expensive mixtape for a friend. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but I had this idea with the money that I make. I have a separate account called my my record pay no my, my pay no attention account. And I was thinking of maybe like focusing on one band, and I would love to start with the Slobs, and just do like as much inform get as much information from them I can, get pictures, everything, and put out little 15 minute like mini docs on every one of these bands. And because if we could take the documentary and break it down into little bite-sized pieces, I feel like that'll be a lot easier to tackle. A lot more doable than trying to do like an hour and a half, two hours at one time. Huh. Yeah. Cause you know, it's, it's weird how time flies when time, you know, the, it, before doing this project, I still listen to some nineties bands, you know, there's every now and then I like to throw on my pincushion CD or listen to Spody or the slobs, you know, it's just, it brings me back. But it's like this, that era is non-existent. No one talks about it unless you were there. But then when people get into punk, they know all about the 77 scene. They know everybody knows about all these other scenes, but it's like, you know, hey, we had something. Yes, so I, so as this project was happening, I wanted to set it in stone. And uh, I heard this years ago, but I want to say it was Henry Rollins on one of his many documentaries he was on. <laughs> But he said something along the lines that if you want to be remembered, start documenting now. And I, that stuck with me. And I heard this like 20 something years ago and I don't remember where I heard it from, but I remember him saying it. And it's so true because, you know, and that's, what's fun about listening to this podcast yeah, that's, is you, I you still discover, too. you still discover new bands. You, you still discover new bands, even though they came out in 77. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's like it's it's still exciting. So I just wanna, I want I want some kid to listen to this record and be like, oh, that sounds cool, and hopefully it inspires him to start a band and he tries to mimic I don't know the Slobs or something, and maybe start something I don't know, planting a seed I guess. Yeah, there you go. Man. No, and that was Henry Rollins that said that because I remember that now too because someone asked him how he had so many of old his old flyers and stuff like that from his old bands and you know everything for throughout the years and because he had been documenting everything since those early years huh. he'd been collecting all his flyers he'd been writing down stories about every show all I always that meant kind to keep a journal yeah start now I'm fifty yep. years old yeah I don't do anything exciting yeah <laughs> Laying in my pillow fortress of solitude, talking to a couple dudes on the computer. <laughs> How time's cheap. There's nothing better. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. 
dude thanks for coming on man appreciate it it's a great great thing yeah, it, was fun. It, was, it was fun catching up Ricky. yeah and, and uh, like i said this is i think this is a really when i saw this thing you know i i we're we're, we're friendly right so i'm like hey you know I, i'm cool to have you on the promoter when i saw it i'm like oh this is really you know this is not something we're helping you out with because you know we feel bad for you because you're you know a little slow or something this is really cool <laughs> <laughs> Slow, really cool slow, Ricky. We got it. Hey, this gets the punk till I die seal of approval. It's a really good, pro- a real cool project. So, my my name in high school was Ricky Retardo. There you <laughs> go. Uh, it was Ricky Retardo because of being a Navy brat. I all the kids used to call me, "Hey, it's Ricky Retardo," and I just remembered that it used to eat me up. And then when I became a punk rocker, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to embrace this. There you and go. I became, you know what I mean? Take so, the power back. <laughs> but now it's like my kid when my kid my oldest son found out that i was ricky retardo he's like oh he messes with me <laughs> i don't think you can say that word anymore some people well, can't we can it's funny neil i was listening to the dead milkman today ricky mentioned earlier and they played the song taking retards to the zoo and i'm like <laughs> i wonder if they'll even play that anymore because i think they've become kind of politically correct but i don't know we'll see i'm gonna go see next month well, there you go All right. there you go all right. All right. Well, thanks, if that's thanks, it, Ricky. we're going to sign off. Keep a little mark in your heart and whatever else Neil says, stay free. <laughs> keep a little Ricky Retardo in your heart. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Ricky. Yes. And uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll keep listening. Keep uh, keep putting them out and uh, rock and roll, man. Cool. We can't help but do that. Cheers, man. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. See ya. See ya. Smell you Smell later. Smell you later. <laughs> bye bye. <laughs> okay. That brings us to the end of another show. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, keep a little mark in your heart, and we'll be back the same mark time, same mark channel. That's it, man. Game over, man. It's game over. Ah, ever get the feeling you've been cheated? Good night. What a fucking rotter. What a load of old shit. Thank you, fuck you, bye, boom. Okay.